When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au. Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Please. <laughs> Morning, everyone. This is breakfast. No Scotty Cummings. He's over in Melbourne for the Pucker Up three-day tour. No Adam Gilchrist. He's in Adelaide doing cricket. So we've uh, stretched the limit of the budget, and we've got two men in the studio, <laughs> Hamish Brayshaw, and joined by D-Mar Getz between them 378 games. How many did you play? One. How many did you play? <clears throat> Three, seven, seven. Seven. Nice work by you. Um, Welcome to the Toolkit Depot studio. Oh, good to be back. Jeez, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel today. Hey. Come on. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Super good quality people, though. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. High quality range of Very absolutely. much so. And uh, we can't let Cummings know, because he, what's the time over there? It's four past nine Eastern States time. We can't let him know. That he's been replaced by two people. All that had hurt him. One being an umpire who he hates. Yeah. He's not a and the other being an East Perth Royal, who he also hates. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away, Scotty. You're in good hands yeah. here, listeners. 13, 12, 55. Hamish Brayshaw, Dean Margetts, and, and just the glue. They call me the glue. Do they? Yeah. When? Who? Well, the I, I call myself the glue. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. I don't mind it. I'm the star, and the rest are just... <laughs> so I was actually, actually listening. Can I just say, when I walked in this morning, and I was early, wasn't I, Tim? I was, early, I was, well, here, earlier at, I was here at like about 11 past five, and I said, Tim says, you sit there, the stars sit here, and that was you. So <laughs> I was very clear up front where the pecking got it was, Hammer, I tell you. And you didn't listen because you no, came and sat next listen. to me. I came and sat next to you guys. I've, just been, I've been missing you. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been here. It has been. Ali Sprost going to join us, of course, the global game, Paramount Plus, and a former Sydney FC Socceroo, of course, and the World Cup is just around the corner. Gus Hulley speaks. Speaking of World Cup, Gus mm. Hulley's a footy fan in the UK, okay? He has collected 32 beers for it's a, basically a, a challenge that he's got to collect a beer from every country in the World Cup. And you think about how hard that is with some of the countries. Yeah, pretty tricky, I would have thought. <laughs> Senegal, Tunisia, there's some, there's some tough ways. <laughs> Australia, England. Now, he does. Uh, he's going to join us a little bit later. Uh, make a happy day tomorrow, boys, so don't forget. Yep. If he goes through a look at you, look, look, you look like you've inhaled McDonald's. Love Maccas. Big fan. <laughs> big yeah. yeah, I just want to get the Big Mac bigger, though. Can we do that? Oh, there's a double Big Mac, I'm pretty sure. So I've, you got, I've got to go to that now. Yeah, that's nice. Why, that's I like that. Mac. Post I'm... your career, Dana. You can, you can afford a couple <laughs> of double Big Macs. It wouldn't matter. Look at him, would you? A silly socks day tomorrow for, for well, any time, really, for Maccas. $5 money raised goes to Ronald McDonald House Charities, and the ball was last Saturday night. was an absolute ripper. And William Pike, speaking Ooh. of winners and weight, William Pike's going to join us because it is a massive day out there tomorrow at Ascot Railway Stakes. It's a massive day here at the stadium, too, boys. Have you noticed the vibe? What's happening? around the stadium today? Yes. 
through the um, yeah, dark through the, clouds through the dark and the clouds pouring and the rain. rain. Guns and Roses. Guns yeah. and Roses. You a big fan? You a no. Axel Rose kind of man? No. No, I respect them. Yep. That's where it stops. What sort of crowd are we looking at, Hammer, tonight here? Well, depending on what happens with the weather, I think you'll get, you'll, you should get tens of thousands, I would have thought. Going to be some wet hoodies. Yeah. Oh, here we yeah, go. Here we go. Here we go. Here Paradise go. City, come on. I didn't know this song. Are you, are you going to run Hammer? Oh, relatively. I'm a rock and roll guy, guys. Come on. <laughs> Confirmed. Is that Mainskin? <laughs> Maneskin, wherever he's gone. Ah, uh, oh. nice work. Hey, boys, now I know you've, uh, you've, I know for the best part, and you do get up fairly early. You both get up fairly early, yes. do you not? Yes, early up. 20 past six on this day, November 18. Now, yesterday was a quality day, November 17. We like to rank our days. Sure. Um, I've only had a very quick squeeze of today. Don't know where we put it. Do you like on this day? Do you like the moments of on this day? Don't give up too much. No, I won't. Um... There's a couple that jumped off the page, Tim, I must admit, but we'll get to them soon, I'm sure. No, you sure. can mention them. Which, which ones well, jumped Paul, off the page? Paul McCartney's birth certificate sold for $18,000 at auction in 1990. Tim, yep. if we auction your birth certificate, what, what do you reckon? <laughs> Colour Big Macs or Hammer? What you... <laughs> Depends who's auctioning it. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point. Very good point, Hammer. <laughs> there you go. David Wapunda has got three birth certificates. Because when he came over, he was only 16, right? Fact. But I reckon he was 25 when he arrived. <laughs> there you go. And I reckon he played till he was 45. Gee whiz. We're as very deceptive. Uh, so he, he'd be one you could get three three dibs, three bites wow. of the cherry. Yeah. Double a punder. Anyhow, like I said, Paul McCartney's birth certificate sold for eighteen thousand nine hundred ninety. Crazy. Who would be Hamer? Who would be the who would be the most famous birth certificate you would put your hand up yeah. to maybe bid for? Maybe. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, wouldn't mind buying Bond Scott's birth certificate. There you go. It's a good one. Wouldn't mind that as a. a ACDC fan. Are you officially a bogan? Oh, hang Are on you a officially a bogan? Not officially a bogan. I'm an Australian who likes ACDC. Seriously, Guns and Roses, ACDC, yeah. East Perth. Oh, hang on a <laughs> minute. We'll get his favourite beer soon. Yeah. That'll, just, that'll completely <laughs> confirm Hamish's <laughs> status. Boys, question without yeah. notice for you. And I was just having a look online at uh, some of the stuff that's going on over there for the World Cup, of course. Pretty hot over there. And uh, people mm-hmm. are telling me it's cheaper to, captain, uh, cheaper to get an Uber than it is to catch a train. Blue, blah, blue, blah, blah, blah. There's some stuff that's for sale over there. You can get your hands on a David Beckham, who's an ambassador for the World Cup, signed Manchester United shirt. Mm-hmm. You can get yourself a signed messy boot, or you can get yourself a black and gold dinner plate with a Middle Eastern design and the World Cup emblem. Without notice, I want you to write down the three in order, most expensive, the cheapest from the bottom up to the most expensive. So the three things, you're going to say, if you were to buy these three things, what's the cheapest to the most expensive? The Beckham signed Manchester United shirt, the Messi signed boot, or the plate, the black and gold, and it's not gold. Not real gold. No, it's just black and gold. Um, (laughs) The Middle Eastern design with an emblem and the World Cup logo on it. So there's three things. Beckham, Messi and the plate. Is that Western Australian black and gold, Tim? Not quite. Probably a little (laughs) bit more update (laughs) than that. So you've got three items for sale over there at the World Cup, boys. I'm down. Okay. Now you can't change them. No, lock in. You can't change them. You can't put your pens down, please. Your pens down, please. done. Rightio. Which is the cheapest of the three items? Dean Margetts. Messi. I went the Beckham signed jersey. The cheapest? Yep. There you go. What did you have at number two? 
oh, this is going to be wrong then. No. Beckham. <laughs> yeah. And I had the plate. <laughs> what did you have as the most expensive? I had the plate. It was just your tone of voice. Yeah, wasn't it? And I had the messy shine boot. Wow. <laughs> How are we going? It's 6.10 and we've caught how many crosses, Hammer? Yeah, a few. Six between you. At number, at number one, the, the cheapest was the plate. Two thousand five hundred fifty. Well, you've thrown the red herring out Correct. there, haven't That's you? That's exactly Fair right. Enough. And you've just how much did you just say? Two thousand five hundred fifty. Is that AUD 2000. or USD? That's Australian, Australian dollars. Two thousand dollars for a plate. Five hundred fifty. Well, it's a memento. A memento. What are you, a paella plate? Is it? It's a massive one <laughs> and a half. No, it's just a thing. plate. I think coming in a box. Wow. At four thousand three hundred twenty, the messy signed boot. Four thousand. Fair enough. And the Beckham Manchester United signed Manchester United top as the ambassador, $8,300 Aussie dollars. Well, lucky I'm not a soccer fan, hey? My goodness. I reckon that's cheap, the Manchester United Beckham. If I was to auction that out of a corporate, $8,300. It does seem a bit life for the World Cup, exactly. the World Game. I, I, could get, I could get 12 or 14, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon you eight? could too. And Down you'd sit the... there and embellish a little bit, maybe get up to 15. <laughs> I've, got another, I've got another one in the boot of my car. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Are you stuff. still rolling that out? Yeah, yeah. That works. I think, <laughs> I, I think you'd be pretty hard to play, I think you'd be hard pressed to auction off a plate for more than $2,000. Oh, 100% I would, my unless God. it's signed by Pelé. Yeah, could be. Is he still signing stuff? I don't know if he's... I don't think no. so. Is he? <laughs> Are you into the World Cup? Uh, I am, enough. I'm into the Aussies in the World Cup, but I can't see us making it past the groups. So once that's done, okay. see you later. Here we go. Another question yep. for you. I want you to rattle off three current day Socceroos. Three current day Socceroos. Uh, Sam Kerr, she's better than anyone we've got going rolling around for the uh, Socceroos at the moment. Mark Viduka, Tim Cahill... <laughs> Uh, who else are we looking at? Schwarzer. I've got one. Mui. 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 Aaron Moi. Aaron Moi. That's yeah. the only one I could give you. All righty. Uh, Chris, uh, Mike from Palmyra says, uh, bring on the gunners tonight, Optus. Yeah, good on you, Mike. There you go. Oh, well done, Mikey. Mikey's uh, a keen gunners man, of course. Mike's, Mike's a long-time listener too, is he, Mike? Oh, Palmyra. Gives me lots of feedback when I was up, on. <laughs> We're in the Toolkit Depot studio, 13, 12, 55, or 10, 0, 4, 8, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. What about last night, boys, at the RAC Arena, the Wildcats? They're cats? back. The Jungles. are back. Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh, no. Rice Cotton. Down there, Brady Manning. Here we come. Rice Cotton, 32. Brady Manning, 21. Nice. Tayshawn Thomas. Tayshawn Thomas had seven shots, five roll-in layups, zero from seven. I've never seen a bloke. Seriously, it was one of the nightmare games. He's way better than that, so this is not having a crack. He was so far off the pace last night. He was intimidated, zero from seven. Wow. One of Actually, one of ten, but he had zero from seven from roll-ins. Was there glad rap on the ring it was, down that end? Mate, it was, uh, it was a horror show. But anyway, they got the job done, 10,000. The Red Army was back in force last night. And well, and I want to – but now I've, I give a, lift, a, a few brickbats to Craig O'Donoghue and the West Australian because they, they, they have been on a bit of a campaign, I think. But anyway, they did actually – the article that Craig has written in today's paper on page 70 is an absolute spot-on summation 
of the Wildcats' performance in the week for the Wildcats. Good on your Donners, so friend of ours. Hats off to Craig. No, he's not a good friend of ours, but he's written a good article uh, on this occasion. So well done, 103 to 96. And I want to make mention of Mitch Creek. Uh, I'm gonna go, we're going to go to the break. Mitch Creek had 32 points, got, got um, fouled out of the game first time in... 74 consecutive games. Thank you very much, Dean. There you go. Uh, umpires, they know their thing. They know don't their, they? They know their numbers. They know their numbers oh, from oh, specific oh, games, hello. don't they? Anyway. <laughs> hello. Uh, I just wanted to make mention uh, of Mitch Creek, who was at the stadium. Everyone else had cleared out. There was a few fans. He was shaking hands with fans. He was stopping, getting photos taken with Wildcats fans. A few had the, the Mitch Creek number on, a few South East Melbourne Phoenix fans as well. And I called him over during an ad break. He said, you couldn't come over for a chat on SEN, could you? And he was polite enough to grab a seat have some CB co-brewing product after the game, after getting beaten. <laughs> and I want to say, I put this to him last night. Um, they, they're going back today. They take on Melbourne United tomorrow night. And as we know, it's been a big week for basketball, big week for Isaac Humphreys, of course, yes. for Melbourne United. And we're going to go to the break. On this day, is just around the corner. I want you to have a listen to way, the way Mitch Creek spoke last night courtside about what t- transpired with Isaac Humphreys and the NBL. Hey, did you notice the referees were wearing the LGBT pride band? Yeah, yeah the pride incredible. band today. Isn't that fantastic? Incredible. I, uh, I, I, I would love to say something right now, that, but, you know, stay tuned for our, our Melbourne-Melbourne game. Uh, I'd really urge a lot of fans to, to watch that game. Um, what, what Isaac did this week is beyond incredible. That man is absolutely courageous. You know, if there's a definition of courageous in the book, you know, his face is on it now. Like, to be someone who's so proud of himself now and feels so wholesome, for someone to come out and say, I'm just going to be myself. And for a long time, I struggled with identity issues and trying to be what other people wanted and completely different story. But now he, he's shaping the future for so many people in, I guess, uh, th- there's so many people out there that, that don't feel comfortable being themselves or coming out and saying, hey, look, guys, I'm bisexual, I'm gay, or I'm straight, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but he's paving the way. And you know what, mate, as soon as that came out, I, met, I was at training, we have a no phone rule, I got my phone out and I messaged him straight away and was like, if I see a negative comment, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going at them. Like, that man is absolutely incredible. He's what Australian basketball is about right now, and I think it's an amazing thing what he's done, and hats off to him. It's, it's a great thing. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. As voted by the listeners, the most important segment of the uh, show. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, thank you very much. Well done. Yeah, no, very well. I certainly voted. Yeah. <laughs> it's White Ribbon Day today yeah. against um, uh, abuse, yes. domestic violence. Good, so yep. uh, <clears throat> please uh, support White Ribbon Day. On this day, it is November 18. Do we know anyone's birthday in your own? No. No. No, no I don't. Not, not off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to find out with every day. I've missed me mum's <laughs> yeah, birthday. Yeah, shivers. Sorry, uh, mum. Hank Ballard is 1927. He was born on this day. Come on. This, of course, it was released. Chubby Checker. There you go. He wrote it for Chubby Checker. I know, that one. I know that one. That's a tick for me. Right. Come on. Well done, Hamlet. Jimmy, that sort of song stands the test of time, doesn't it? I mean, well, it just not does. according to Scott Cummings. Really? Well, that's well, in Goss's playlist, that one. That's I mean, straight Hammer the was sort of rocking there. I started rocking my yeah, chair. Yeah. And... Absolutely. Oh, don't worry. Welcome you won to... from one, Tim. Well done. Says more about Scott than the song, I reckon. Yep. Welcome to 6IX. <laughs> All righty. Ross Wilson, 75. <laughs> Is getting 
his pants off. <laughs> and it's not a great sight, let me yeah, tell you. Well done. Here it is, Ross Wilson, 75, of course, Daddy Cool. Um, he was married to Pat Wilson. And who's Pat Wilson? She's a bop girl, she's a bop, bop Another girl. Another great song. Oh, there you go. You're, three from, you're three from three. Yeah. Yeah. With that. Well done. Graham Parker's birthday today. His group was Graham Parker and the Rumour. Yeah, that one didn't work for me. Really? No, no. Yeah, that's no. a question mark for me. Yeah. I don't mind the song. Yeah. Never heard of it. You would have heard of this one growing up. All right, here we go. I had... Posters, Madonna on one wall and, and this lady on the other. Initials KW? Correct, with an E. Yes. Kitty Wild E. Otherwise known as Kim Smith. That was her first in 1981. How are we going with that? Yeah, that's a tick for me. Nice that's a tick for me. Yeah, well, no, it's not just all music, you know. No, no obviously not. No, that's a tick. I like that. <laughs> hey, it's Andrew Twiggy Forrest's birthday today. The Forrester. Yeah. Well 61 done. 61 today. Do you reckon he wakes up in the morning and worries about life, Tim? Do you reckon? I saw him the other day in the Golden Triangle. Did you? And, yeah, and he went up to an ATM and I think he just did a balance check. No, well, how, how would that be? <laughs> you, you put your card in and there's that many zeros, it needs more ink to print it out. <laughs> it's a hard one. I mean, I, it's, it's something I have to deal with quite often. But my decimal point's a little bit further to the left than old Twiggies. <laughs> Owen Wilson today is 54 US actor. I hear a lot of words like beauty and handsomeness and incredibly chiseled features. To me, that's like a vanity, that uh, self-absorption that I try to steer clear of. Richard Gere's a real hero of mine. Sting. Sting will be another person who's a hero. The music that he's created over the years, I don't really listen to it, but the fact that he's making it, I respect that. I care desperately about what I do. Do I know what product I'm selling? No. Do I know what I'm doing today? No. But I'm here, and I'm going to give it my best shot. Owen Wilson, 54 today. Uh, I'm a big fan of Owen Wilson. Wow. That's yeah. uh, that's from Zoolander, was it? Yep. Yeah, nice. Thanks. Thank you. Wow. Marley and me. Handsome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I challenge you not wow. to cry in that movie. Yeah, when the dog that's passed a tough away. one. Starsky and Hutch, he's in that, isn't he? Correct, he's in that. It's and Japri. You and me, Japri. I mean, yeah, that's a thing that feel good. Right. He's, he's got a bung nose, but his allies are good. Right. So we're big Owen Wilson's hey, fan. Steffi Graf had a big nose. Too. Steffi Graf had a big nose too, but let me tell you. There you go. One wow. Wow. <laughs> Matt Welsh is 46. Here comes Shugel. I reckon Crocker. I reckon Crocker. Let's have a look. Oh, no. Right down the bottom. Can you believe it? Matthew Welsh. And that's a world record. Incredible. <laughs> Out of nowhere, this guy came. Out Matt of nowhere, this guy came. came. Wow. Yeah, got Welshy. Yeah, Welshy. And guess who Welshy's married to? <clears throat> Lauren Newton, Bert's daughter. Yep, the late Bert Newton's daughter. Yeah, very true there. Um. Mickey Mouse made his debut on this day in 1928. Steamboat Willie. Yeah. Steamboat Willie was the in the Disney Monopoly, I reckon, Correct. was the second of the th- second of the Reds. There you go. I'm a big Monopoly guy. Big Mickey Mouse guy. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Question another question without notice for you too. Sure. Hamish Brasher or Dean Maher gets in the studio doing uh, one man's job. Um Goofy or Goofy? Goofy. Goofy. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So you grew, I grew up with uh, it was Goofy. I've never heard Goofy yeah, even never mentioned heard that before. in my whole yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. No. Yep. It's Goofy, I would have thought. So if I was to change uh, the the letter B for the G, would it be Boofy or Boofy? 
Buffy. Thank you. Probably Buffy. Oh, well, it's just no, not the no, same. No, but isn't it is, it? no, it is the same. No, it's not. You can do that with lots, lots of things, of work, and it's yeah, not I'm, the same. But not with Buffy and Buffy. <laughs> It's goofy. Good on you, But there it is. So if you're a surfer, you're a goofy footer, not a goofy footer. Yeah, but it's, you pronounce words differently all the time. It's English. It's a tough language. Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't get me is. started on the tough language because if you start, if you say H, you're out. No, it's not H. It's H. I nice word by you. Yesterday. I remember this movie uh, growing up. This well, it was made in 1959, not that I say that I was born in 1959, but I remember going to watch it. Ben Hur! Eleven. Eleven. Eleven Academy Awards. That's a powerful song, that, isn't it? That yeah. tune. I just got chills up the back well, of my Bigger spine. than Ben-Hur. That's where that one... Oh, Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice Hammer. Tick, 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 yes. tick, tick. Well done. <laughs> one tick. Look at yeah. you. I'll give myself three. Dare I say it, uh, a song that has gone synonymous, is synonymous to the man's name, and I talk of Daryl Braithwaite was ordered to pay legal fees half a million dollars over his failed Supreme Court battle against former managers in 1992. A true story, because all my stories are true, Mm. that I was doing bouncing around on a rival TV station, a radio station, way back when. Sure. And I played that song as my intro, and it was before it was reborn. And he came, Daryl Braithwaite, to be interviewed by Simon Beaumont on another show on said station and said, what about the rebirth of the horses? And he said, I can align that to your mate on a Saturday afternoon bouncing around. It gained its momentum when he came across to play and someone said, can you play horses? And it was here in Western Australia where it was relaunched based on 6PR playing it on their sports show on a Saturday afternoon. So you basically were the regeneration of Dee Braithwaite. You are crediting yourself with with the regeneration of horses. Sort of came out that way, didn't it? Yeah, didn't it? Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Timmy, though, great song. One of our guests later on today, W Pike. Um... Very appropriate song, isn't it? Yeah, nice work. He's yeah. coming. Oh, nice little hook, uh, mate. Yeah, well done. Yeah, no, no. Oh, boy. Done this before, right. Dino. Hey, wow. not, my, not my first rodeo. <laughs> oh, oh, bang. Hello. Well done. Third person self congratulations. Yeah, nice work. <laughs> Titanic on this day, 1997. <laughs> Where was she born? Where was she born? Yep. Celine Dion. What country is she from? Oh, it's a quirky Senegal. one. Senegal. Yeah, it's <laughs> Tunisia. It's a quirky Canada. Yeah, she's Canadian. There you go. Close enough. Canadian, she is. Uh, also on this day, Walk the Line was on this day, opened in the US, starring Yock and Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon. Because you're mine, I walk the line. Classic song, of course, The Life of Johnny Cash. On this day, November 18th, been a beauty boy, and, and thanks for coming along for the ride. Sadly, on this day, you mentioned earlier. No, I did mention Bon Scott, my man. Yeah, you did. But on this day, Malcolm Young passed away in 2017, played with ACDC from 73 until retiring in 2014 due to ill health, and he passed away, as I mentioned, age 64. That is on this day. Time for a news break. Thanks to McCafe, roasted in Melbourne. On the way, Alex Bross talking all things World Cup. Also, Gus Hulley, who collects beer. Wade Whitley from McHappy Day. And William Pike, who's got a... Great book of rides at Ascot tomorrow, Railway Stakes Day.
big hello to our man, Frank Agostino, who's enjoying the show so far. He said he's enjoying it more that Scott Cummings is not here. So, big fan for you. Yeah, uh, thank Hammer. you very much. You, Dino, as well. <clears throat> I'm quite Frankie oh, in my you, early days. You would have in the 70s. Was he a good player back then? He was a wiry, sort of agile, half-backy, half-forward kind yeah, of guy. You should see him now. Ripped. Really? Oh, mate. Wait, no, good fella, talk, that sounds like wily, half-back, agile, ripped. Talking about me? Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> for those who <laughs> see Hamish in the studio right now, that is the complete opposite. Yeah, correct. Oh, nice work. Nuggety, buddy. built yeah. close to the ground, but obviously um, did very well this year. Yeah, not, Santa. Just not, just not well enough. Oh, well. We'll get him. You know the hardest one of the hardest things I've had to do because I like you. Yep, right? I like you, you and I, I love your better half more. Yep. Right. You might even let you pass. Yeah. Um, I'll just say when I knew that you hadn't won the Sandover and I'm going across there standing there and interviewing you thinking, yep. can you win it? Yep. And I knew you hadn't won it. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. No, that's okay, mate. I'll be honest with you. I probably knew I wasn't going to get there. Uh, I didn't have the greatest second half of the year, but uh, oh, well, it was a fun night. It was a great night. Great and you night. did very well. Where did you finish? Second. Equal second. Who won it? Uh, Blaine Bokehurst. That's won right. It. He did too. Blaine Bokehurst. Pesky shark. It's a very prestigious award. Massive, massive award. I'm sure we're going to talk a bit more about prestigious awards later in I, the program. I, I got good money in rounds 13, 14, and 15. Yeah. Well done. You like what I did? Thank you. Good from you. You like that? Yeah, very, very good. Like that, eh? Very, very good. But just those rounds. Hey, mate. Sorry, mate. It's the elephant in the room. I'm Natalie Imbruglia on that subject. I'm a bit torn. Time for this. Sport update time with Chris Clefurnis, producer to the star, and Dean Margetts and Hayes Rochel. Good morning, boys. Good to have you in here. Got to make it more about yourself next year, I reckon, Hammer. Yeah, Too I team agree. focused. Yep, fair enough. Good man. Ange Postacoglu's homecoming party crashed. Sydney FC. Too good for Celtic last night. Did you watch it? No, you were at the Wildcats. Otherwise, I know you would have been watching it, Goss. <laughs> I know you guys checked it out, but uh, yeah. yeah, Robert Mack and Max Burgess scored two goals for, or a goal apiece, I should say, for Sydney FC. What so they, they came back here? from 1 0. <laughs> it's because it's the World Cup time, so clubs organise friendlies around the world and stuff like that to stay sharp. But it's not the Celtic, it wasn't the Celtic's yeah. best team. It was, uh, yeah. They had some good players, but yeah, no, it wasn't their best, best team. team. No. Well, so, Aaron Moy, of course, with the Socceroos. So, Moy Moy. Moy, yeah, my guy. In their best team. <laughs> yep, my man. Exactly. Mighty Fijian. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, he made. A bit of progress on his F1 future. He's spoken a little bit last night. Uh, he's basically secured a role as reserve driver. Yeah. We don't know where yet, though. Mercedes, mate. It's done. Pretty much is done, isn't no, it? No, it's done. It's Science it's undelivered. Well, and Schumacher's got the lemonade and sass. Yeah, gone. Team yeah. Haas. Bit Team of Haas got the kick in the Haas. He's yeah. gone. Schumacher gone and Nick Hulkenberg is back. That's it. Hey, wow. Question for you, Chris. Uh, F1 drivers like jockeys. It's just the horse and the car they drive. They're all really good, but it's just what they drive. Yeah. Is that yeah. the difference? Yeah. That's yeah. why Danny Rick's been it's yeah. out money. of the points. It's yeah. how much money. Yeah. They are so... Have you seen how small they are, these blokes? Oh, yeah. They are little. But they're ripped, aren't they? Oh. They're just the fittest guys you yeah. would never think that they are. It's all about weight. So the car is weighed. They yeah. get weighed. They get weighed. And if they lose weight, it's an added... Oh, it's incredible. The G-forces and... Incredible oh. talent. Sorry, Chris. No, that's okay. There you go. Please. Uh, the Wildcats, they beat South East Melbourne Phoenix last night, of course, 103 to 96. 32 points from Bryce Cotton, if you don't mind. 21 from Brady Manick. He's finding a bit of form. No, he's back. Mm. He's going to be a superstar. They are go. back. Five and five now, the, uh, yeah, the Cats. Come on. Ledger. Come on, boys. Yes, all Lift. over it. And Dylan Milan scored 134 from 128 to take the man of the match honours. Yesterday in the one-day international between <laughs> England and Australia. Really? Wasn't enough, though. The Aussies won. Steve Smith was very good. What about Ashton Agar's fielding? How oh, good was that? that? I think we've got the audio of Ashton Agar. 
skipper bowls and Malad across the line, out to deep mid wicket. Oh, not six. Agar jumped up, flings it back into the field of play. Exceptional acrobatic piece of fielding. Leapt up over the rope, scooped it back before he landed and keeps it to a single. Snake was basically in the crowd. It was, <laughs> it was, back it was an exceptional yeah. piece of fielding, wasn't it? But he also gave Paul Rifle a bit of a clip in a mid-pitch commentary that wasn't great. As an umpire, Hamer, I'll yep. have to have the um, respect there, but, you know, F-bomb towards Paul Rifle. Got to be better than that, Ashton. Yeah, no, fair enough. Come back. Mm. Oh. Always about the umpires and referees with you, isn't it, Dino? <laughs> fair enough. I like to give perspective. We're talking about There's an amazing level of building. respect yep. No, that's very true. Mate, very true. Fifty second. You didn't win it. Yeah, I know. Never, ba- never, you never bad mouth an umpire in my life. Good man, yeah, yeah. Special. More individual brilliance from you, and more sucking up to the umpires yeah, next thank season. You. I think. There's no I in team, but there's five in individual brilliance. <laughs> exactly well, well right. By you. Nice work, Chris Clafunas there, <laughs> with a sports update unsponsored. Um, <laughs> how do you say roof goss, Matt and Bell Divers? You say roof. On you, Matty. How iconic for tonight, November rain, Pete from East Vic Park. Pete's not talking to me. Pete reckons I was um, being uh, scurrilous by declaring that I think West Coast can win the flag, a flag before Fremantle do. It gets people talking about good things in footy. I've got a reason for it, and I've said the window of opportunity for a team who are trying to win flags right now, like Fremantle, is more difficult than it's ever been because there's eight teams trying to get through that one window. Mm. And West Coast, not one of them, so they just sit back and rebuild. And while they're rebuilding, Fremantle are giving it everything, and uh, I hope I'm wrong. And Goss, I'm wanting to know whether the real estate segment with Paul Tonish is coming back soon. (laughs) Is that from Paul? No, that's from Mike. (laughs) Uh, Mike, um, if you want to buy a house, just... uh, I can help you. I can auction it off for you, Mike. <laughs> if you're looking for someone to live. Uh, coming up, Alex Bross is going to join us. And Gus Hulley, I'm looking forward to this. Gus Hulley is a man who collects beers for the World Cup. 32 beers. Yeah. You've got to collect 32. A beer that's brewed in the country of in the World Cup. Okay. The teams in the World Cup, I'm going to rattle them off for you. Righto. Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, the Netherlands. England, Iran, USA, Wales. Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland, France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and Korea Republic. Which do you reckon would be the hardest place to find a beer brewed in their country? Oh, gee whiz. Uh, I reckon it'd be pretty tough to find a beer out of Qatar, wouldn't it? I think there's a bit... Alcoholic one. Alcoholic one, yeah, there's some bands on that. What would they drink in Tunisia? Like... I'm not a massive beer drinker, but that would be challenging. <laughs> what would they do? What else do you know? Do you know, not, do you know nothing about Tunisia? I'm not a huge... Okay. Do you know where it is geographically? Not really. No, actually, to be honest, I don't. If I'm being honest, I don't know actually it's where it the, sits. The, the highest con- I think it's the highest country in Africa, north, isn't it? The most northern, northernmost country in Africa. What am I? Atlas? What do you mean? Yeah, like so you can say that and we'll just go, okay, <laughs> yeah, hey, well, so I'm fine that, that anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's in Africa. After the break, Alex Bross going to join us and Chris Kafunas and Lois Lane are out there, Special K and Lois, and they're going to come back in. You're going to come back in and give me three unknown facts about Tunisia. Celtia is the name of historical Tunisian beer. It's been produced since 1951, Dino. 1951? Cameroon would be tough to find a beer out of, I would have thought. Imagine getting a Cameroon brewed beer. It'd be, it'd be tough. Maybe a question for our listeners too, Jimmy. Text in on our text line. Yep, zero four eight seven seven three six seven. do they think would be the beer from Australia that maybe Gussie has put yes, up? Yes, oh, yeah, it's got to be brewed in Australia. Got to be brewed in Australia. Send through. I might even find a footy in my cupboard somewhere as a prize potentially. That's the sort of giving kind of guy. If wow. someone can nail it down to the wall, or a text in. Or a $10 voucher, courtesy of Michael Pell. It's 19 away from <laughs> seven. We'll take a break.
Hamish Brayshaw. Dean Margetts and Tim Gossage with you. SEN Breakfast on this Friday morning. Drive carefully on the roads. Heading for the top of 17. Plenty of rain around. Dean, you've, you're intrigued by the fact you can't see the city because of the cloud cover. It's amazing. It's yeah. great for my um, my acreage out at um, oh, Ellis. Um, so no yeah, no, no retic required home. Just, just acreage. Yeah. Oh, could have said it any other way. Could have the... said property. Could have said our home. Yeah. Acreage, estate. I'm not manor. sure that word come from. Yeah. But good morning to my me. partner Katrina. Don't turn the retic on this morning. Not required. There you go. We well, can put it on timer. It would come on natural. No, I like the man. I like to be out there earthy. Just not sit. I like to be out there. Hello buttons. to the pool shop guys coming to help my pool. My, my chlorinate is not working. At seven thirty, he's arriving. So uh, the whole house will be woken up by his arrival. <laughs> How you like them apples? Alex Brosk is, uh, of course, part of uh, SEN. Of course, the global game, Paramount Plus, former Sydney FC captain, a former Socceroo, and he's got his teeth right into this. And we're having a FIFA World Cup update. Thanks to Kraken, they trade crypto with one of the world's most secure exchanges. Get in the game, Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. Alex, I can imagine you're incredibly excited. We'll start with 32, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, look, it's um, it's an exciting time. Obviously, the World Cup rolls around once every four years. It is at a different time than what it normally is. So there's been a lot of um, yeah unique circumstances surrounding this World Cup. Uh, but it's finally here. It starts on, on Sunday night. Um, and, yeah, like like I said, very, very excited that it's finally getting underway. Okay, just the, the obvious question, the easy hit out of the park, Alex, a man who, who loves his Australian team, loves the Socceroos format and the like. What's your expectation for us? Getting into the 32 is good. How far into the tournament can we go from here? Look, with the group that we have, and look, realistically, once you get to this stage, there is no easy group, but there are some teams that have, you know, a bit more favourable draws than others. I think with, when you've got the likes of France and, and we like to, you know, pump up the the, tor- the turmoil that always follows that French team, the injuries they have, but they are still France. They do still have some of the best, um, most highly paid players in the world, and, and I think they're going to get through quite comfortably. And then Denmark, who's another cu- uh, country that people are tipping to go, uh, you know, pretty far and deep into the tournament. So, look, I do think that those two will get out of our out of our group um, at our expense and Tunisia's. But look, my expectation is um, with what you know I'm hearing from Arnie and the style of play that he wants is that at least we, you know, we we will go, we will put on a show, we won't be, you know letting these teams run all over us. Um, and, and that's all I want to see. I want us to put in good performances. I think with the squad that we have at the moment, it is there's a couple of young players that have just made moves overseas into Europe. And I, I feel like a, this experience plus another four years of, of maturity for them in Europe will be much in a much better position in four years' time. So I just want to see us play good football, take a few points, surprise a few people if we can, and that's about it. Uh, now, Alex, I myself love a roughie. I'm not a big favourites guy. Like I don't really care too much about Brazil. Don't give me a Spain, Germany. Uh, I'm looking for a roughie in the field. I mean, who, in your opinion, your expert opinion, much more expert than mine, who can surprise someone? Who can be that real roughie that if I'm going to go at odds, I, uh, I can little put a little bit on? Oh, okay. Well, that would count out Argentina as well, who I think is going to win it. There you um, go. Oh, Hello. Okay, okay. A, a roughie. Um, you know what? People aren't really talking about Belgium, and and I, and they've got a you know a golden generation that they had, which is very much aging at the moment. But I, I don't know. There's something about them that just has. There's still a lot of quality, and they may not even get out of the group. And I look like a bit of a fool even saying this, but I, I, I do think. I don't know. There's still a lot of quality in that team. Nobody's talking about them. It just could suit 
them, I think. Well, if no one's talking about them, I'm on them. Thank you very, <laughs> they've very much. The they've been the dark horse for the last four World Cups, Bill. <laughs> well, exactly right. Exactly right. You'd think at some point they, uh, they'll line up. I don't know. <laughs> now, Alex, um, Dean Margetts here. I used to be a, um, a former AFL umpire, so I'm massive into the, uh, the Australian rules football, but have a huge respect for the skill set of the soccer player. I've drawn Argentina and Portugal in my work sweep. Am I in good hands with those two teams, do you think? Well, when you've got Ronaldo and Messi in both of those teams, then you're, you're in very good hands. Look, I, I think there's a, I, there's a fairy tale that seems to be brewing as well. This is gonna, definitely going to be both of their last uh, World Cups. Um, you know, they, uh, people are predicting potentially. I haven't really looked at the draw, but they could meet in the final. And I think it would just uh, it, it'd be phenomenal to have two of our greatest ever players in, in the, the game's history meeting in a final. Neither of them has won a World Cup, um, you know, to stake their claim as, as to who's the greatest out of them two. Mate, I think you're in great hands there with, with having one of them. Thanks, Alex. Good to hear. Yes, Sir Ronaldo's <laughs> last World Cup has been confirmed. It hasn't he been in the news mm. a little bit later. Just in general terms of, of the event itself and Qatar and the heat and everything like that, it's just going to be, it's almost going to be a, a battle of attrition, is it not? Oh, it's going to be difficult. Look, at this time of the year, to be fair, it's it's not the worst. And I know they've got the air-conditioned stadiums as well. So, look, I think the fact that they moved it, um, mm. look, it should never have been played there in the first time, in the first place. You know, it should never have been given to Qatar, given everything that we've seen. There's players that are, that are you know, have been injured only this week uh, in their leagues because of how close the leagues had to finish uh, leading into the World Cup. And they're missing out on a World Cup. So... The whole thing for me is a bit of a farce, but it is what it is. They moved it to a time that at least is not just for the players, because like I said, they're playing in an air-conditioned stadium. They won't notice the heat at all. But, sure. but, but just the general people getting to and from stadiums, you know, in buses, in you know, walking, um, all of that. I think now is a good time of the year where it won't be too bad. But look, the training, everything, players are definitely um, – it'll be different. I mean, the players, even even training at the moment is over – over 30 degrees every day during the day. And if they're training during the days, it's it's not going to be easy for them. It'll definitely be a test, something different. But the players adapt, people adapt, and, and they'll be uh, they'll be fine. It'll still be an exciting World Cup. Now, uh, Alex, speaking of players, uh, if I'm, I'm a big – I love getting up. I love watching our Australian team play. I'm not a massive soccer guy, much like Dean, but I will very much get up and support the Aussies. Uh, in terms of our Socceroos, who are some players to look out for for me? Uh, well, there's one name that everybody uh, is talking about, and that's uh, young Garang Kual. He's um, he hasn't started a game in in the A League yet. He's only played about you know 12 to 15 games in his career. Yet he's at a World Cup. He's got to move to Newcastle United. He played against Barcelona only a couple months ago, and and was crazy good off the bench. He came on, sparked the team, um, and every time he's come on for the Mariners this year, he's done exactly that. So, for me, he's the kid to watch. I mean, we're all talking about him. Every time he comes on, he knows the hype. He doesn't care about it. He just goes out and does what he's got to do. And uh, he's genuinely, genuinely exciting. I mean, I don't think the country's been this excited about a young kid since, you know, probably Harry Kuehl and, and Tim Cahill. So, without putting too much uh, pressure on the on on the kids. Um, he's the one to get up and watch because he's, he's really exciting. There you go. I'll be looking forward to that. Alex, question without notice. I'm a big fan of the officials, the referees. Um, could you maybe give us an insight <laughs> as to how the referees are selected? Does each country provide one, like the best one, and they all come together and they sort of basically 
refereed at their best of their ability and they pick the finals. How does it work? Do you know? I'm curious. No, 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 I don't. Look, I do think, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I know that they do like to have every country uh, represented, uh, as in that's participating in the World Cup. And I'd say just in general, they look out for, like any player, like any coach, they look for the best in the world, you know. So mm-hmm. they, they sort of scout, they keep an eye on referees around the world, and then they're generally the best ones. I mean, this is the biggest tournament. There's a lot of pressure on it. Sure. Um, and like I said, like you want the best players there, you want the best that's referees. Right. But uh, in terms of actually selecting, I'm not sure how they... How they go about that. All right, last one for you. Who wins it? Straight off the top, straight off your head. Just give me the winner. We just want to know and we'll hang it on you. Uh, it says 32 <laughs> right now. We just need who your winner is, Alex. Easy, Argentina. That's who I'm going. The Global Game, Paramount Plus, former Sydney FC captain, Socceroo, and he's here for Kraken. Trade crypto with one of the world's most secure exchanges. Get in the game with Kraken.com, broadcast partner of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup. Qatar, you'll hear all the games on the SEN network. Appreciate your time, mate, and may the, be, no may the, may the best team win, and that be Australia. Absolutely. Good on Thanks, you. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> well, Alex Ross, you're in laugh then. I said, yeah. be, may Australia sort of go a little chuckle there. All Belgium at 20 bucks. Off yeah. That right. Hey, I'm going to go to the break. After 7 o'clock, we are going to continue the chat in regards to World Cup. Uh, Gus Hulley's going to join us. He's a footy fan. He's got a beer from every country playing in the World Cup. We've got a number of texts coming in. Um, Trent from Currambine says uh, what he chose, he should have gone the Bush Chook or the <laughs> VB. Yep, I agree. Uh, Dino says, this is from Adam Flog Guy. Now, Flog Guy is, walks a fine line with mm. the network. Um, he's quite an aggressive texter. Mm. He says, it's got to be emus brewed on the greatest land in the world. Thanks for the Footy Dino. So he thinks he's won the prize. He thinks already. he's won it. Okay. So that's Flog Guy. Have we have we banned Flog Guy at any stage? Has he been banned? No, I think he, I think he's self exiled. Didn't he say he was going back to six PR or something? Yeah, seconded himself from the program. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if someone says Foster's as an Australian beer, this is from Bin Chicken, they mm. should be kicked off the station for a twelve month ban. Yep, I don't wow. mind that. Yep. From the but good to see their interest. We've got we've sparked some excitement. Yep, we've like thrown it. it out there. Well, you don't think we have it any other day? No, no. But I think I've just really added something to that little <laughs> just segment. Don't, like, you, just don't go on his Twitter and look at it because you can you can cheat here. <laughs> oh, I, think. Yeah, I think someone has. Yeah, uh, all righty. Oh. Um, as we go to the Is break, always... last night Santo Chilaro was on the front bar, and they were talking about the World Cup. And what he talked about was one person in particular, and he talked about Sam Kerr and her achievements in the last 12 months. We go to the break. News is at the top of the hour. Plenty more to come. We are going to discuss the umpiring uh, situation with the AFL, uh, Michael Pell, and also the Brownlow Medal, uh, Dean. So strap yourself in and put your helmet on. Uh, but this was last night on the front bar. Sando Chilaro. Have a listen to him rattle off Sam Kerr's achievements in the last 12 months. This is Breakfast, SEN. Early, earlier this year, she passed Tim Cahill's re- uh, goal-scoring yeah. record. She's the, she was the Women's Asian Cup Golden Boot, the European Golden Boot. Uh, she was the English Women's Footballer of the Year, the Women's Super League Player of the Season, the Women's Super League Goal of the Season. Yeah. She was the Players' Player of the Year, the Fans' Player of the Year, and she was the <laughs> Chelsea Women's Player of the Year. And, and on top of that, she was also the first female player on the global cover of, uh, of any FIFA game. There she is. It's amazing. It's FIFA absolutely game. amazing. It's Mind you, mind you, my uncle was on the cover of the Super Mario <laughs> when it first came out. But that's great. If second hour at 7 past 7, 11 degrees, heading for a drop of 17. Pretty wet and wild. Guns and Roses are here at the stadium tonight. And last night I was lucky enough to be at RAC Arena, the Wildcats, with a big win over South East Melbourne Phoenix. Don't forget the Wildcats show between cats. 8 and 9. Are you going to stick around for the Wildcats, our boys? Love the Wildcats. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Love the Cats. <laughs>
<sighs> Scott Cummings can't get out of the joint quick enough at 8 o'clock. Uh, he that's loves the, the Wildcats That's too, the difference, Tim. Hamish and I are exactly. proud of our local product and, you know, we love the Red Army. Wade Whitley from McHappy Day, of course, is going to uh, be on tomorrow. Make sure you do your thing as well. Hey, news came through overnight. This is big news for Australia. Everybody needs good names. So we know Ramsey Street closed down five months ago. Yeah, we had did. the big farewell. Yep. She's back. Yours. No, no. Fremantle Media and Amazon are not just replaying old neighbours, they're filming. They're starting it again. Oh, boy. It is back. So there's new neighbours. So Channel 10 dined out on the uh, uh, and had a ratings bonanza with yep. its departure. Farewell, yep. So it's killed off because the UK didn't want to spend any money on it. Amazon have said, no, no, no. We will. We believe it's got legs. Fremantle uh, TV production said it's got legs. Sure. Channel 10 said, oh, great, someone will do the heavy lifting for us. We'll take it. Neighbours is back. Wow. All those people, including Tony and... Tony Rebecca, he's back. <laughs> wow. The show is going to return to TV From screens. where it picked up? No idea how they're going to do it. Oh, can, it can it work, though? Can you, uh, can, it, can you bring it back? I mean, you farewell it, you, you've left it, you've moved on. Cody's probably working on a construction site now. Can he get... Harold? Harold, are they... Uh, Alf? Was he... Uh, he might have been home and away, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, can't say I've seen either <laughs> of them. Alf is home and away, I oh, can confirm go. that. Um, oh, it's um, back. That's incredible, isn't and it's it? Not, and it's not just a token. It's not just a one-off special. A, a legit, like, we're so, back for So Channel ever. 10 killed it off, right? Yep. Mm. Killed it off and said, it's done. Ramsey Street. They took the sign down. Someone actually yeah. got the, the sign. Ramp. Yeah. The sign's gone. I think they've demolished the house. Bouncer's dead. Was Bouncer? No, he's in country. Was Bouncer? No, but the, the white dog. It was the white dog, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. It could have been. Oh. Gee, I'm sitting here. I'm <laughs> ships in a night at this point. I can't tell you between now. All righty, let's straighten the things up. Beautiful, all let's of them straighten the things up. Dean, let's get to the uh, let's get to the story that has rocked Australian football, of course, and that is the umpire at the centre of the Brownlow spot betting. So, in in simple terms, spot betting is game by game betting. So, so it's it's alleged that Michael Pell, in games that he umpired, has got some link to some gamblers who have spot betted on games uh, that he was involved in and won quite substantial amount of money. Mm. Can you just don't let's not delve too much into the personality of of it, but just talk about as a former umpire and you've had contact with I'm sure some of the umpires that are currently going. What's the reaction? Yeah, shock and really unsettled. Um, I think it's a real black eye for our sport and a sport I'm really passionate and I've been involved with for you know 25 years. Um, it's just something um, that's come out of left field because we're so educated and drilled on the process and the confidentiality and it's a real privilege to be part of a system that um, votes on such a prestigious award. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shock for sure. Um, as as Hamish would know, the AFL players, umpires get drilled on what we can and can't do um, in certain things. And I know all the 20 contracts I signed over my career, um, that was probably the top of the list, you know, the confidentiality around Brownlow Medal and its integrity and the award that um, it is. So... I think I've used this, this term over the last week or so. Um, it's a bit like Fight Club. You know, the one rule about Fight Club is we don't talk about Fight Club, and umpires have that rule about Brownlow. It's just something we don't talk about. Even amongst yourself. So you go to training on a Tuesday yep. night and you're talking uh, about the game that you did. Yep. You don't even talk about who was best on ground. Not not discuss one bit. I can honestly tell you, if I've done a game here at Optus Stadium, I reckon 20 minutes after I've driven out of the car park, I probably couldn't even tell you because I'm more worried about the free kicks I might have paid that were right or wrong and all the things I've got to go and do my feedback and my review and – 
then I get my appointment Monday for the next game and it's a blur. So I can honestly say hand on heart, I don't generally recall or could tell you. So, But certainly if, if it was discussed at training, it would be a massive red flag and, and that umpire would be called out because, you know, it's just something that we don't talk about. So when you come off the ground, so to, to submit brown low bites, I umpired a little bit when I was a kid and it was you walk off, you have a little, your escort takes you away and there's a piece of paper saying three, two, one, and you write the votes down. How does it, how does it work in an AFL system? What's the protocol from finishing a game to submitting your yeah, votes? very similar. Uh, and as far as um, about f- after a game, it's chaotic in the rooms. There's coaches, there's ball stewards, there's people coming and going, there's trainers, there's umpires getting rubbed downs and ice baths. So I reckon about 45 minutes after the game, we clear the rooms out and just have, leave the three field umpires in the room to go through the three, two, one. And it's a really detailed process. Um, I can categorically say we don't get handed a statistical sheet. Champion Darling goes, they don't. There's the votes. Uh, there's the, uh, the stats. Go for it. We don't get that. It's purely who we think had the most influence on games. And that's why I think the Brownlow Award is just the special award. It's the umpire's view. We're not trying to copy what the media think or what the coaches think or whoever what others think. It's what we think. And I think that's what makes it special. Now, we go through it. Some days it takes 10 minutes because it's very matter of fact. It's pretty easy what we think. And then some days it takes 45 minutes. Um, and we're very conscious of the fact that a one vote here or one vote there could be the difference between changing some player's life at the end of the year. Once those votes are counted, um, sorry, noted three two, one, all three umpires will sign that document. It gets folded up into an envelope. It's sealed and we sign it again. And our, our actual signatures are housed at AFL House to make sure that my signature matches up with my name. It gets sealed into a plastic bag and generally the umpire from Victoria takes that back um, and it gets put into a locked box in two locations in Victoria and then we see them again on, on Brownlow night. So I can honestly hand on heart say never discussed and it will be taken a lot of pride in doing and we treat it as a privilege and that's why I think it hurts not just current umpires but also past umpires who have had it for over 100 years Tim it's I think it was firstly um, done in 1924 it's an interesting one because we're hearing calls now from various sections, and I think Scotty Cummings is one, and Mason Cox, a current day, says it should not take be out of the hands of the umpires and given to independent people. But there's, I would be concerned that putting it in the hands of independent people would even open up for even yeah. more question marks. And I'd say, why? Why do we want to do that? We've already got awards that other people vote on. Um, this is the umpires. But the award. media and the, and the umpires don't aren't poles apart in regards to their judgment at the end of the year anyway. Well, so why change it? They're correct. Exactly. So I've seen some players come out and make some comments, but are we talking about that if this incident doesn't happen? Of course we're not. So it's easy to throw some fuel on the fire. Because so it's current. one man's actions, allegedly, yep. one man's actions that has caused this entire blow-up. We have these conversations every year. Oh, should the umpire do it? Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? But that's just, that's just part of the narrative of, of commenting on the Brownlow medal. But one man's actions, you firmly believe you shouldn't throw the system out based on one man's performance. I'm really matter-of-fact on that. Um, It's an outlier. Um, It's not great. We don't like it. Um, uh, It's disappointing. But like I say, what I said before about having a black eye on the sport, black eyes go away in time, and this will go away. And the umpire, it'll be a good reset for all probably AFL systems and state league systems to go, let's just make sure we're really clear on what our expectations are and, and we'll get back on the horse and do what we've always done. And I'm, I'm really comfortable in that it's in the umpire's hands because it's an umpire's award. It's what we think. It's what our view is, and that's what makes it special. That's why it sits above all others, in my opinion. Yeah, just to clarify any air for anyone listening, it, it didn't. It didn't impact the winner of the Brownlow, did it? It was no. just one allegedly umpire leaking some three vote getters to his to his mate. So Patrick Cripps has got he he can sit back and still say oh, I'm a Brownlow medalist with the almost impunity. 
Yes, I mean, I, I guess it's always going to be that that year that this happened, which will always be there. But certainly, um, you know, Patrick Coops was a worthy winner, clearly. And I don't think you could say, certainly in my 20 years, um, Hamish, I can't think of an, a winner of the Brownlow where you'd say, gee, he wasn't worthy of it. I think all the players no. who win them, they're, they're yeah. deserving. And then, and I'm, and it's I'm, a shame that we even have to think about yeah, that. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and the non-footy people would probably go down that line. Oh, it's a rort. No, he didn't deserve to win it. And you get all the pile-on fact that. But mm. you're dead right, Hammer. It had nothing to do with the actual result. It's an interesting one. It's not the first time that the medals have been involved. You know, Sound of medals had a couple of controversies over the period. Mm. David Holland's winning it back in the 70s. Uh, Allegedly, yeah. there was an incident there. And there's also the one with Brady Anderson from East Perth, who wasn't invited initially. Then they had to try and get him to come to the medal. And then everyone thought, hello. And all of a sudden, someone rocked up to the races on the Saturday when Bluey Glynn was a sports betting bookmaker at the time. And uh, they backed him to win $20,000. And all of a sudden, Brady Anderson went from 200 to 1 chance to 6 to 4 favourite. And it was the worst kept secret in town. And that and that caused a ruckus. And that stopped Huge. betting on the sport itself. Correct. I hope it doesn't come to that, but I reckon there's going to be a lot of weary, uh, wary people and wary sport betting agencies mm. who are the ones who alerted the AFL to this. Yep. And that's, and that's, from what I understand, that's what happens. The red flags go off in these agencies when they think there's irregularities, and I guess there was clearly some red flags. It wasn't flag. $5 bets either. Yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah. Allegedly, it was big money. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, it's disappointing. Like I said, I don't, I don't want to speak about the umpire concern. I don't know him that well to, to, to cast aspersions there. But Someone's just texted in and said, did that umpire Michael Pell replace Dean on the umpire panel? I think he did. When I retired, I think Michael Pell was so the replacement umpire. Yeah, I'm not sure it's my fault, but... Um, but I think, and just going back in a more serious tone, that it just hurts umpiring. Yeah. And I know, having spoken to some former umpires, and I've heard Shane McEnany on on radio, he um he, he's hurting a bit, and and because they take it so seriously. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's disappointing, but we move on and. Has anyone, can I, can I ask, and I know you're a little bit removed now and you've still got an official role with the footy commission, WA footy commission in regards to umpiring, but has anyone heard from Michael Pell inside the umpiring fraternity? Has he come out and said, sorry, guys, or no, guys, it's not what you think it is? Or any, Has there been yeah, any? I, don't, I couldn't answer. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I hope that there's been some contact maybe as a support because, I mean, um, we're all human beings. He's got a lot going on. We, there's a lot going on, and, I, and you feel for people going through some bad times, and it's, it's out there. But um, he'll be he'll be feeling pretty lonely, I'm sure. So, um, but we just got to let things play its play its way out in the, in the Th- courts. Thirteen twelve fifty five. Thirteen twelve fifty five. Toolkit Depot open line or text zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Now Gus Hulley's not too far away. He's going to join us. He's a man who collects beer for a living. Oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> Have we had any more um, messages come through to me on our Australian beer? Yeah, no. A lot of people have. Running hard with it. I think there's a lot of people who have been um, following us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, listeners. Yes, yes, yes. I can't give a footy out for that. No. Nah, yeah. Well, the flog guy is leading at the moment, and it pains me to say it. Yeah. All right. Okay. He's as close as it gets. He's as close as it gets. Hey, let's get a break away and come back because Gus Hulley is a footy fan. He's got a beer from every country playing in the World Cup. We're going to chat with him. It is, I think, oh, I don't know, it's about 11 30 at night over there, so we appreciate him staying up. Gus Hulley's going to join us next. Wade Whitley is going to join us. Make happy day this weekend. Make sure you can dig deep and buy a big Mac. And William Pike, speaking of digging deep, always gamble responsibly. He's got a full book of rides, Railway Stakes Day at Ascot on Saturday. This is Breakfast with Hammer Ray Shaw, Dean Margetts and Tim Gossage in the chair. Breakfast on a Friday morning, pretty wet and wild, and good luck if you're going to Guns N' Roses here tonight at Optus Stadium. Oh, boy, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, boys, have you got your teeth into the World Cup? It starts just around the corner, Dino. Oh, I'm not a massive fan, I have to be honest. Sorry? Not a massive fan of the, it's World, the World Cup. It's the World Cup, mate. I know, but I'm just not a soccer man. I'm an, I'm an AFL footy man. 
but I hope we do well. Yep. Um, and I've drawn Argentina and Portugal in the work sweep, so I've sort of got more interest now, maybe. Always gets a better. Fair enough. Well, one World Cup straight into the next. Gosh, I'm, uh, I also am not a big soccer fan, but just I enjoy the Aussies and uh, the Socceroos. So I get up, watch them, and uh, fingers crossed they do all right. I don't think we've got much hope in our pool, but uh, we'll see how we go. I'm predicting I'm predicting big things for the Socceroos. Tim, could you name two Socceroo players off the top of your head? Yep. Stan Lazaridis and Mark <laughs> Schwarzer. <laughs> I rest my case. Mark Viduka. Oh, you didn't say current day. Oh, well, you know Mark Viduka, Harry Kuehl. There you go. There's a couple. Hey, yeah, we're away. John Eloise. <laughs> Timmy Cahill. Jeez, we're fine over here, man. Got soccer fans. The prosecution on. rests. Well, one man who is across it is our next guest. His name is Gus Hulley. He's in the UK. He's collecting beers, believe it or not, and he's done it before. He's collecting a beer, the Epic Beer Challenge for the World Cup. Gus, we appreciate your time. How long have you been doing this? So I've been doing it, what, since, like, 2016, I think it was? I basically saw a guy back in the early 2010s have a go at doing it for, like, 2010 World Cup and Euro 2012, it was. And he didn't do it. He got, like, 23 out of 32 or something like that. And I saw it and I thought, I can do better than him. Like, I'm better than that. So I had a go in 2016, got all the countries, and, like, it went a bit viral, but nothing too hectic. Then I did it again in 2018 for the full World Cup, and it just went absolutely mental. Like like 30,000 retweets off a single tweet and then like articles all over the world like Peruvian articles, Indian articles all that sort of stuff <laughs> but yeah, it's it's bizarre Epic beer challenge boys uh, now you've noticed some of the beers yep, Hamish, I have. are you going to challenge him on a couple of the beers? I do actually Gus, oh, now uh, um, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure the uh, the rules and, and the regulations behind what you're doing here but the Cooper's Red Ale out of Australia so that's uh, probably not the most well-known beer to come out of here. But uh, how do you get your hands on that? How does that work? Uh, Well, so the rules for this is that uh, the beer has actually got to be brewed in the country that it's from. I can't be happy. Well, so we've got a little creatures brewer brewery over here in London, but I'm not having that. It doesn't count. So it's basically any any Aussie beer that I could get my hands on. It's not easy to get Aussie beer in the UK, so Cooper's is kind of like the easiest one that I could get. Sure. Okay, so got to be brewed in the country where it's coming from. Alrighty. Okay. So, 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 how do you get it? Do you have to have contacts, or do you just go online to buy it? Are you getting a whole case, or are you just getting one can or one stubby? <laughs> what are you getting? No, no, it's just a single bottle. Like, I can't afford to buy a case of every <laughs> single beer, you know. But uh, no, I think for this one, I just popped down to uh, my local corner shop because uh, it's got like a whole world beer section, so it's generally all right for that. Gus, I'm really interested to know about the, the Russian stranger. Now, Russia, not the favourite country of many at the moment, as we know, but I'm really keen to know the La Gazelle from Russian right, stranger yeah. is near northern Italy. That's a big draw connection there. How did that work? Uh, well, basically, I don't know if you've heard of Untapped. It's like a beer social media app. But, um, so I knew about this beer, La Gazelle, that was uh, the only Senegalese beer that I could find. I've been sort of like monitoring people who had been checking in on that and like – he was the only one that had checked it in over sort of like a time period. So I messaged him to see if he would help me out and send it me back, like completely cold calling sort of stuff. And he was like, yeah, fine. I'll give it a go. I'll send you one as soon as I get back to Italy. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. oh this is actually happening. <laughs> but yeah, and then he just uh, sent it. It took about two weeks to arrive. But when it did, I was like, I like, couldn't believe it. Any money exchange hands for the favours or just pure goodwill? Uh, I mean, I sent him money for the postage, and I said uh, I sent him a little bit more to be like, oh yeah, buy yourself a beer, Good that on you, sort man. of thing. Um, now, Gus, I'm not a hundred percent sure of the rules over there, but I'm, I'm led to believe that in some countries, alcohol is banned. Uh, mm. I think I've seen a Saudi, mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Iran. What's your uh, 
What's the go there? I mean, are you getting soft drink from those countries or are you somehow managing a bootleg sort of version of prohibition sort of stuff? Uh, well, no. <laughs> no, I can't, can't be doing bootleg. Don't want to get arrested for that. But uh, no, like so, in yeah, Qatar and uh, Saudi Arabia, they've got like non-alcoholic beers. So it's basically just malt beverages and that sort of stuff. Okay. So as close as I can get to a beer as I possibly can, you know. Alrighty. Yeah. So, so in in what was the easiest? What was the hardest? Uh, oh, e- easiest would have been the English one. Uh, Obviously. Sorry for asking a simple question, Gus. Aside <laughs> yeah. of the English beer, what was the easiest and what's been the hardest to collect out of the um, 32 beers? Uh, easy were probably like France, Germany, Spain. Uh, like, like I say, there was that shop that has just like a world beer section, so all of them were pretty easy to get. Uh, hard ones would have been like Costa Rica and Uruguay and Ecuador. So to get Costa Rica, I traded with a guy in Germany and Ecuador and Uruguay. I got a friend from uh, Barcelona to ship them over to me. Now, Gus, have you f- finished all these beers or have you, uh, are you waiting for the World Cup? Uh, I'm waiting for the World Cup. I'll only drink the beers once they've been knocked out. As a okay. sort of like a, as, a, as a toast to their competition, as it were. Oh, well, yeah. You've been drinking the Aussie one early, then. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. You're going to get that today. Yeah. I'll hey, tell you what, what the Tunisia, like. Tunisian beer. Have you, have, have you ever tried the Tunisian beer? Because they're in our they're in our group. Yeah, well, because they were in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah. And I had it, and it, it's not as bad as you think it would be. You know. Have you gone <laughs> different? Have you gone different but beers? Thankfully, it's only like a 250 mil bottle, so it's over pretty quickly. <laughs> Gus, have you gone different beers from the uh, the same teams from 2018? Or have you just managed to stick to the same one? Well, pretty yeah. tough to get a different Tunisian beer, I would have thought. But uh, the other countries? <laughs> oh, yeah. Tunis- Tunisia and Senegal are the only ones that I've been like, fine, they're the only ones I can get. Yeah. But like Germany and Belgium, um, I can't remember who else it is, but Germany and Belgium are different ones. Like yeah. the Belgium one is one that I've never tried before. So a bottle of Chimay Blue, which is like quite a, quite a fancy beer. Now, Gus, the most important like, question like of all. Gus, the most important mm-hmm. question of all. Now, parking your English allegiance aside, which country in your mind will be drinking their beer out of the World Cup in 2022? Nice question, Dino. Nice question, Dino. Nice question, Dino. <laughs> well, I, it's got to be Brazil. It's got to be Brazil, surely. Like, they've got the team. Like, the group's easy. Well, easy for them. Like, the climate will be good for them. I, I can't really see past Brazil. Brazil it is. It just, we've got... You're having the beer when every team gets knocked out. At the end of the group yeah. stages, two get knocked out from every group. Is that correct? Do you just get plastered yeah. on the end of the group stages and have 16 beers from 16 <laughs> different countries? Yeah, it's going to be four great days. Wow. There you go. All top cocktail. Uh, Love that. Hey, mate, we appreciate you taking our call. We got in touch with you late last uh, night. And, uh, yeah, well, early morning, of course, for you. Now you're going to go off to bed. Uh, you're a superstar. It's gone viral on, on Twitter, mate. Uh, so it is balls. To this, Gus Hulley is our man, and he's got 32 beers to knock off. Do you actually knock off the the winning one as well, or do you keep that as a as a sort of like a, a gesture of mm, little memento? Because they haven't lost. Oh, no, no, I've got to drink that. I've got to drink every single one of them. Yeah, fair enough. I can't just leave a beer spare. It'll, it'll <laughs> I be agree. Weird, you know. All right, and then you go straight off to uh, AAA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good on you, mate. Appreciate your time. In the UK, it's a good story, and you can see it's gone viral on social media. He is a very, very funny man and uh, very diligent to say the least. Uh, we'll come back with plenty more on SEM Breakfast. Tim Gossage, Hamish Brayshaw, and Dean Mar gets with you on this Friday, a wet Friday.
away from 8 o'clock and it is November raining. It is absolutely bucking down and has been all morning. Drive safely on them roads and we play that because it is November rain. Guns and Roses are here tonight. Um, I don't know if wearing a poncho would be kosher. No. Guns it does rain, you just got to accept it, don't you? Canfield would be cranking. All the time. Fantastic. Hey, big weekend too for McDonald's. And of course, it is McHappy Day. And just a reminder too that you can show your support for McHappy Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas for only $5. Money raised goes towards Ronald McDonald House Charities as they continue to help seriously ill and injured children and their families. It was good to be involved. In the ball last week, and uh, over a thousand people over at Crown, they raised plenty of money there. In fact, one point three eight was the last count. One point three eight million. One man who I'm sure is uh, front and centre of tomorrow, and that is Wade Whitley. He's McDonald's co-op president of WA Licensees. He represents the franchisees here in Western Australia. He's a long-time franchisee, and of course, has been in the McDonald's system for some forty-five years. Big weekend, Wade. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Gossie. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, look, it's a um it's a huge day. I call it the Melbourne Cup, a, a day that stops the nation for, <laughs> for, our, for our brand to, um, to make a significant difference around the country to, to support a lot of um, challenging families that have, um, you know, that can come across shock and, and, and illness and, and injury. So, um, you know, it's something that we're, we're, really, um, we're really proud to be a part of and to make a big difference with around the country. Okay, so around the country, how do the members of the public make a difference uh, through their purchases at Macca's? Oh, look, I mean, we're, we're open 24-7, as you know, and as of tomorrow, um, anyone or a family can come in, and, and um, some people um, may not have been to McDonald's before, but the ones that have, they can come in and grab a, uh, a $2 Big Mac and... Um, Every every Big Mac that we sell across all of our restaurants, and there's a thousand plus restaurants around the country, um, that that money goes directly to Ronald McDonald House charities. As you said, silly socks only five dollars. Um, I see a lot of people in our restaurant um, wearing them right now, so it's mm-hmm. a, a signification that that you know it's another way of supporting. Or alternatively, if you're in a business or you're not in a business, you can get a two dollar, ten dollar, or fifty dollar helping hand. That uh, again, we display in our restaurants, or you can take back and put in your windows in your business, and goes a long way to helping us. Why, well, congratulations on doing such an enormous um, thing with this Mac Happy Day. I've seen my own oldest son spend time in Ron McDonald House, and I've seen the, what the fruits of this day. I guess pays out to the um, the community in WA. So well done. Um, I can honestly say Tim's got a silly shirt, silly socks, and silly pants on today. So he's certainly embracing the day big time. I'll be out there tomorrow getting my uh, certainly my worth of Big Mac. So I just want to say congratulations, and I urge all people out in the community to go and support McDonald's tomorrow. It's it's a great thing that you're doing. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for your support. And also to all our great customers that come in, we'll definitely give you a treat. It's it's an exciting day for all of us. Like I'd say. We've got we've got at least in in Western Australia 94 outlets, and we'll have all our employees in on the day, and we'll make a big difference not only in your experience, but we really appreciate everything that uh, our customers do to support us with this major day. Now, Wade, I'll certainly be in buying one, two, or three or four Big Macs. But uh, <laughs> what's the goal for tomorrow? What are we looking to raise, uh, WA wise, Australia wide? What's what's the goal for tomorrow? Oh look, look, look! In the last couple of years, we've we've uh, we've created over five million dollars. So, you know, I'd be talking about the six or seven million dollar mark around the country. Um, that'd be a massive uh, contribution to really the bigger system. As you know, we've got around eighteen to twenty houses around the country, and and I know in our local house we've got approximately forty seven rooms that um, to help fund operate 
and they're full all the time. Like we're turning people away. So um, everything we can do to fundraise tomorrow will go a long way to to also helping our WA uh, state and and um, you know build more houses, make more rooms available, look after more children and families when they need us. You're a good man, Wade, and so are all the franchisees right around the country, but in particular in Western Australia. SEN's been a part of it. Gilly, as we know, is the patron, and I've been fortunate enough to be involved on several fronts. In fact, I was uh, the host and turned the first sod of soil at the new Ronald McDonald House over in Netherlands when they moved from Subi to Netherlands. So it is a very special place, and it does a very special thing. So well done to all of you at McDonald's, and we appreciate you coming on this morning, and let's hope it's not just a great day, it's a great weekend, it's a great year, and let's hope you continue to do great things for families in Netherlands. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for your support. Good on you. There's Wade Whitley joining us, McDonald's co-op president of WA Licensees, representing the licensees of WA. And don't forget, get in, get your $2 Big Mac. All proceeds go to Ronald McDonald House Charities. He's been in the system himself, Wade Whitley. He would have seen a few quarter pounders in his time. Don't worry about that. Let's take a break and come back. One man who I don't think knocks down McDonald's. In fact, I think he's pretty watches his weight. He does. And that is William Pike. He joins us. He's got a full book of rides. He's riding at Ascot tomorrow. It's Railway Stakes Day. Day two of the Pinnacles. Hamish Brayshaw, Dean Margetts and Tim Gossage in the chair for SEN Breakfast. Come on, Pikey. Seriously, what would a jockey be doing now at a quarter to eight? Uh, probably not eating Big Macs, that's for sure. Riding I was horses. generally looking forward to having a chat to Willie, yeah. so I hope he can pick up his phone. So yeah, so, yeah we... but it is wet, so uh, it does uh, put uh, a lot of things on the back burner, of course. Leading up to tomorrow, it is day two of the Pinnacles. And don't forget, uh, SEN Tracks will be out there. Riley Morgan will be out there, Subiaco's yes. finest, former Tiger. Riley.Morgan, very good tipster, and Yarathor will be out there for SEN. So uh, we hopefully have a chat with William Pike. He's got a full book of rides tomorrow. Have you taken in the crowd? We've touched it a lot on the on the football, the world uh, world game. Have you taken a lot mm-hmm. of the the Cristiano Ronaldo's chat with Piers Morgan? Just tipping buckets on everybody. Yeah, I did have a look at that. I haven't actually watched the full interview, but um, he's had another go. So part two's been released. Has it? I'm not sure. I want to be playing with a bloke talking about my club, my coach, mm. my brethren like that. Mm. So yeah, I, mean, I know he's a, yeah, yeah he's United, just, doesn't he? I think he's copped a lot of flack too, Timmy. Alrighty, so let's have a listen. Um, I'm going to play you certain sections of this, and you can dissect it if you wish. This is Cristiano Ronaldo. This is a short grab in regards to why he's so famous. Not just only because I I play good football because everyone knows, but I think the rest is is relevant. You have to be charismatic. People have to to feel some connection with you. I think to be good looking helps too. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. It sounded like you and the ad break got. <laughs> oh, you know he's got family in Perth. You know that story, don't you? Yeah, his grandparents live here, they I think. They're down in some Spearwood way. Yeah. They'd be proud this morning, wouldn't they, hearing that? I don't yeah. think they care. Mm. Why would they? Why would they? He's a multi-multi-millionaire. <laughs> good looking. It helps to be good looking. I don't, the fact that you can say that, you're on very good terms with yourself. He, like, come on, let's call a spade a spade. He's a good looking bloke. He's he is. He's yeah, Portuguese. He's ripped to the nines. When he takes his top yeah, off, exactly. you go, geez, that's fair. Yeah. Fair look. Exactly. Ronaldo waking up in the morning looking at himself in the mirror. Oh, gee whiz. I don't know how to say I'm good looking in Portuguese, but that's how I, that's what I think he'd be getting up and saying. Oh, yeah. Cristiano. Can he go back to Manchester United based on that he feedback? He will never team? play no. another game for oh, Manchester no, United. I didn't think so. That is over, Red Rover. Uh, He has an issue with the younger players as well. He thinks they get it far too easy. Here is Cristiano Ronaldo speaking with... 
Hier is Morgan. They are not the same. They, are, they listen, but this is why we have two ears. You listen from one side and they go away from another side. So don't surprise me, but in the same way, it's a little bit shame because if they have the best examples in front of your eyes and if they don't at least copy what you did for me, it's kind, it's kind of weird. They live in a different era. Um, I can't see my kid, they have 12 years old. The mentality, they are not the same. They are not suffer that. What's the difference? The anger, I think the, the anger. I think that they have the things more easily. Everything it's easily. They don't suffer, and I think it's they don't care. Is he married to the West Australian? Is <laughs> this the same bloke? <laughs> it sounds like um, who's the guy from Kazakhstan? Borat. Borat. Sounds <laughs> like Borat. Imagine. Can you imagine? Isla Fisher, you were referring yeah, to. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Imagine Bunger going out and saying yeah, that about the young I boys know. at the West Coast Eagles. They're soft. They've had it easy. They've never suffered. I mean, what's your paycheck a year, Cristiano? I mean, mm. tell me what suffering is on a hundred million a year. <laughs> but uh, you know, God, my goodness me. And respect for the coach. Well, this is the previous coach of Man U, of course, the manager Ralph Ragnick. Have a listen to Cristiano Ronaldo trying to describe what he knew about him. You never heard of this guy. Nobody. And the people who I speak, nobody knew it who is him. Deep, deep inside me, I, I never saw him uh, as a boss. Always been besides the best coaches in the world, Zidane, Ancelotti, Mourinho, Fernando Santos, Allegri. So I had kind of some experience because I learned from them. And when you see some coaches that they're coming, that they want to re- revolution the football, I not agree. I know this kind of this is completely maybe way left field. Is it actually quite refreshing? I mean, we we complain about sports men and women mm-hmm. being cliched, cookie cutter, giving yep. no, no answers. That, and and he's now being. And I agree, he will never play for Man United again. And the Portugal and his least teammates are angry with it. He's come out and spoken like this. But do we not? attack them when they say nothing and now he's saying something and we're all going oh gee that's a bit rich but I think he's gone beyond the code of the club but don't the you, culture. is he not entitled to yeah, I don't think so I mean I, I found with AFL players when players were getting close to the end of their careers they change their psyche because they physically can't do what they used to be able to do and Ronaldo is a classic he can't do that anymore mm. and the coach is saying I need you to run back he goes, I don't do that. That's what's happening, and I think that's not the great example. Would Kobe Bryant be doing that? I think he'd be out there pumping hard, going up and down the floor, showing an example. I'm not convinced. So you're, you're putting it to on the field. I'm putting it to no, he's, he's doing an interview, and he's telling it exactly what he believes, and we, me included and others, are pulling him down saying, oh, you can't speak like that. But we do cry foul when we get nothing out of, of, of talent. I don't think he's being perfectly truthful. Let us say you don't know who your own coach is, you're kidding yourself. I think he's obviously got a bone to pick with him and he's angry. And I think he's somewhat pulling the wool over Pierce's eyes over there by saying that he doesn't know the coach. Well, the mail, I was listening to Talk Sport. I got home from the Wildcats last night and Talk Sport were talking about part two coming out with the Piers Morgan interview. And they, they were, Darren Bent was saying, he believes that they sat down two and three hours before they were interviewed and they went through this. They rehearsed all the answers. That was his mail. So it wasn't an error. He, he was a measured interview. He, he knew, knew what he was saying. He wanted coming. to say what he was Correct. saying. And yeah. it was almost scripted between the two. Wow. Yeah, premeditated. He's had a, he's, he's spoken his mind a few times before. Remember when he was on that interview and the Coke bottle was there and he said, no, nah, no yep. Coke, only water. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. You know, like he's, he's not afraid to be himself and but speak it, what he feels. But imagine Hamish Brayshaw saying, yeah, I'm not sure about... Our new coach, not really sure about the culture. I mean, how could he go back to training on the 30th November? It wouldn't work. Well, now, I'm, I'm not comparing. Not the, I'm also not the best player on the no, planet. No, no. But, so, but, 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 but he's, 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 he's earned that right 
to have that opinion. He's not. He didn't get there being a superstar, being uh, um, coached by certain blokes. He's a natural superstar talent. Mm. Not, no one's disputing that. But then there's also the other side, Tim, where there's that personal, there's that culture. Uh, I'm charismatic. I'm good looking. I'm, but that's that's, that's that but that's way. What, but that's what polarises. That's what polarises the, the people. And so, has his brand been dented by the interview? I would say yes. Really? Yeah, I do. No. Oh, I think so too. His own personal brand. Oh, I think he's still as fantastic. Do you think he cares? No, obviously not. I, I said think before, those, what's those Ronaldo in? shirts hanging on those racks in Legion yep, Beach, yep. I reckon they've been putting out the back as we speak. <laughs> they've been put out the back. They're not being sold to The old Legion Beach. <laughs> I, I miss the Legion Beach. Uh, um, are we, are we, we haven't touched on it because I, I've, I think I did fall asleep at some stage yesterday. Have you? Did you take in any of the cricket yesterday in Adelaide? 15,000 people. Forget about the crowd. I'm a bit over talking about crowds. But they won Australia and, yep. and, and it was good. Warner made runs, Head made runs, Smith made runs. It was, it was good to see. Again, I think it's lost its place. There's too much of it. There's a saturation. Um, I got asked a question at work the other day and someone said to me, Dean, who's one player in the Aussie team you'd like to have a beer with? And I racked my brain. I thought, you know what? I don't actually Mitch sort Marsh. of maybe yeah, Mitch, local guy. But really, there's not a lot of guys in that team where you sort of feel like you, you love like we used to. The Kim Hughes, the Graham Woods, back in the the, the old Gilly. days. Gilly, mm. they were good guys. Warney, Warney, DK. I, I, JL, you know, I look at some Stacey of it. Brayshaw. Yeah, of course. See, so we're not talking about our players like that anymore. And I think that's sad. Now, why is that? I'm not sure, but maybe that's a good question to pose to our. Audience, yeah, I, I I did watch it. It was on in the background at work. Watched Milan make a hundred, and then uh, went home and caught the uh, sort of back twenty five overs of of our <laughs> the lazy last twenty five overs. Twenty five overs. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed seeing Steve Smith get back yeah, up. Me too. Me I too. think the fact that England had to play an ODI game a couple of days after winning a T Twenty World Cup is ridiculous. Josh Butler looks still pretty uh, on the source. But... Mike Hussey, we interviewed him yesterday. He said there will be some pretty jaded blokes playing for England. Well, I, like you could hear him on the stump mic, and Cam Green was had come in and had just tried to hit one over uh, mid on for four and was swinging out of his shoes five balls in and then Butler's behind the stump sort of lazy-eyed going, he's playing for red ink. He's play- no, he's not. He's swinging for the hills. <laughs> what are you talking about? So I don't know if he was paying attention to that or not. But. Let's get a break away and come back and wrap things up. Pat Cummins was the captain, of course. It was his first official role as a 50-over captain and he had this to say post-match after Australia beat England. Yeah, real kind of team performance as well. Everyone got involved with the win. So, um, yeah, really pleasing. We came in here really fresh. Um, you know, after a week and keen to get back into it and, yeah, showed it today. You know, everyone, you know, Ash Agar's into the team for the first time in a little while. Trav Head, they, they stepped up and, um, you know, a couple of spinners bowled in different positions to what they would normally and, yeah, everyone just cracked on. It was great. In your dream car, fleetnetwork.com.au. Right around Western Australia on SEN, it's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Guns. A few roses tonight right here at Optus Stadium. Sweet child of mine, hey? They're just towing cars away now. <laughs> around the grounds, thanks to Rainbird. Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. Let's go around the grounds. What does the weekend partake for you, uh, Hammer? Uh, we got our first Owls social event, the uh, this past Eagles past player social club that I've uh, revamped. So we're, uh, we're having a couple of beers tomorrow, so that'll be a bit of fun. Margets. Athletics, long track starter tomorrow morning at Naranda Athletics Centre. There you go. Oh, yeah, so Stepdaughter does athletics there, so I'll be there. Thanks for your company. Well done, boys. Thank Good you. fun. What My about your week- weekend? Uh, busy. Nah, busy, busy, but I'm always busy on the weekends. Tim, um, railway stakes tip. Uh, Alaskan God. Tre- uh, treasured star. Watch Pikey ride at home.